This is a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Oops. That's the second time I almost caught you with the microphone open. <laughs> He's trying to get me, ladies and gentlemen. Drumming away like John Bonham there. Uh, what, really? Well. No. <laughs> you're alive. Not really. I'm, I'm pleased for that. I am indeed. 12 Chew yeah. here on 3RRR FM. Uh, we are in the afternoon and uh, Manny and I were just talking about headphones actually before we came on here. We were, but we won't bore you with that, dear listener. There you go. Boom. Look at you. Just close that off and we'll move on. <laughs> shut down uh, and move on. Shut down by Madness. So not only is he trying to sabotage me, <laughs> shutting me down. But we, um, we're happy to see each other. We've yes. had coffee. Yes. We have almond croissants. We've got crostily in here. Thank you for bringing the crostily in. That's all right. I went to the market and mm. it's all good. Uh, on a cold, cold day. I thought it was T-shirt weather and I was wrong. Well, if you would have listened to the message I sent you. Yeah, See, there's, there's a bit of a tone coming out here. Sorry, guys. What am I doing? Well, I did. I sent a message to Matt going, mate, uh, you know, because Matt's one of these people yes. that um, is almost inured to uh, incremental, uh, incremental, the the elements, shall we say. I don't mind the cold. You know, you yeah. handle it well. But I was saying you might mm. If you, dear listener, are heading out into the great outdoors today. It's not T-shirt weather. <laughs> T-shirt. There's snow. Really? Is forecast, I don't know, somewhere higher. Well, it's half past November and we've still got snow. Crazy times. Crazy times. Sort of, you know, dogs lying with cats and <laughs> all sorts of things. And, oh, no, let's not even go there. No, we no. shan't. We shall move on. We shall thank the scientists for their 60 minutes of... Erudition? Yes, and uh, excellent radio. And happy times. They'll be back at 11 a.m. next week. They will indeed, and uh, you are listening to 3RRR, and we're, well, we're delighted to have you uh, aboard, and uh, we're going to be, uh, we've got a diverse little thing on our plate. If we're at a buffet, mm, yes, um, we're looking at foods from from many countries, Yes, shall we say. This is true. We're, we're wandering between the different buffet tables. And, and hem- well, hemispheres and yes. continents, shall we say, because... Um, Let's see, I'm going to work backwards. Yes. Uh, we've got The Man From Uncle. Yes. That's a good TV show. Long time ago now. Yeah, really? Uh, we've got Rennie from uh, Man From uh, Uncle restaurant uh, down there in beautiful downtown Carlisle Street. Yes. Um, he's in the house. We've got him. We've um, He's got a cup of coffee. I think he's uh, happy there. He might have had a little bit of our croissant too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're spreading the love here. And um, he's going to be talking about um, moving northward, shall we say. Uncle 2.0. Uncle 2.0. And uh, and the fact that um, he's bought some barrels and he's put some stuff in it. Yes. And but we're not talking about grapes. No, and he claims that uh, it makes things taste better. So we're going to uh, put him to that test. Yes. And say, what is in your barrels? (laughs) <laughs> What's that in your barrel, good What's sir? What's that in your barrel? Hey, eh? um, but we'll we'll find out about that um, a little bit later on. We're going to be talking to John, who he, what's he road testing? Well, he talks about uh, Franka's cooking, of course, as he does. Yes, she's cooked well for him this week. Yes, um, so he's a happy boy there. And uh, I talk a little bit about risotto, and uh, and we listen to the birds at uh, the Queen Victoria Market. Yes, something that I noticed. And um, to start us off, 
We have the man from Maker and Munger, the um, the purveyor, the creator of possibly the finest grilled cheese toasty in Melbourne. That's a big call. Yeah, there you go. I'm mm-hmm. um, from uh, Maker and Munger at the Pran Market. We're going to go live to the market. Yes. And have a chat about that. And there's also uh, an event that's happening in off Ligon Street and Faraday Street mm-hmm. um, behind the King and Godfrey called Bon Fromage where... It sort of seems the EU is coming mm. to the AU. Oh. Uh, um, the, there's uh, a showcase of great, great, great uh, European cheeses mm-hmm. that's happening there. And that's uh, that's going to be on there. And I might pop in there. I'm going to try and drag you along mm. later on this afternoon. Today, yes. Because uh, as well as Anthony talking about doing great grilled cheese... Um, he's also going to be doing a demo, which I'm going to be doing with him later on in Carlton. So we might have a bit of a chat about that. Mm-hmm. But first, what have I got? Um, I have got... I found a saint. Yes. On this uh, Sunday, the 13th of November. Saint Menace of Egypt. Saint Menace. Yes. Uh, patron of travelling merchants. So they had door-to-door salesmen <laughs> back in Egypt. Knock, knock, hi. Can I interest you in a pyramid? <laughs> Uh, no, no, let me put foot in the door. Yes. Or whatever. Whatever for had, a door in those days. Doors, I'm sure. Getting it through the flap. Um, so, on you, St. Minnes. Um, and uh, what else have I got? Oh, I've got a food quote from an American baseball player, mm-hmm. Yogi Berra. And, um, That's his real name? Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra. Yep. And um, <laughs> this is. <clears throat> Uh, he said, you better cut the pizza into four pieces because I'm not hungry enough to eat six. <laughs> and everyone went, uh... Oh, Yogi. Yogi. Yogi's away. Yogi's hit his head. Look out. On that thing. <laughs> so we um, we wonder, how, how are you going on this, um, on this cool and inclement? It is a little bit inclement. Or inclement. Either or. Emphasis. Mm. Uh, kind of Sunday. Delighted that you're here to join us. Mm. Um, hope you're enjoying your Sunday after what's been a kind of a... An eventful week. That's a nice way to put it. Yes. And um, look, I think maybe we'll just get right into it. We're going to get Anthony Femnia up on the blower, mm-hmm. to use a bigsy sort of term. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll be back after this. Should be a lot of fun mm. down there by the river. Hope, hope for some good weather. Juniper juice. <laughs> Juniper juice in the river. No, it should be really, really good. Uh, 12.10 here on 3 FM. How you going? Great for you to join us. We're in the afternoon here on Triple R. Um, a time of great entertainment and diversity, I've got to say. Mm. Um, I, I really look forward to Sunday afternoons. And that's like after the show. Yes. It's like... You know, that's JVG good. happened, yeah. and it's all good. But someone who's uh, got no time to just have his feet up listening to the radio. Oh, no, 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 no. He's flat out like a goanna drinking. His name's Anthony Femina. He's uh, a possessor of the uh, Churchill, Churchill Scholarship, Churchill Fellowship, Anthony? Yeah, Churchill Fellowship. Hey, how you going, mate? You, you're being slammed. Very well. Yeah, yeah, we are being absolutely slammed down here at Paran Market. Um, it is crazy. Well, um, it's the perfect cheese-eating weather. It's a perfect storm of uh, coagulated curd. 
The perfect way. The perfect way. Oh, bang. Look at you go. You may be slammed, but you've still got your wits about you. Well, first of all, thank you for taking the time out on what is an unbelievably busy day. You've had some people call in sick, I hear. Yeah, yeah. We had a couple of people going through university at the moment who were panicking about exams, so they magically developed sore throats. Uh, this morning, but understandable. I mean, I was in that same situation 10 years ago when I, I was doing a flight plan, and so I remember calling in sick. Yeah, but there's uh, that... Uh, the there is that saying, uh, don't kid a kidder, or I could use stronger language, shall we say. Hey, <laughs> 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 hey, and you went, oh, yeah. Sore throat, uh, huh? just got to keep smiling, exactly. Oh, exactly. well, um, that's the way. Um, first of all, free kick. Um, we're going to catch up with each other this afternoon in Carlton? Yes, yes we are. At 5pm we'll be doing a demonstration on making the perfect grilled cheese sandwich uh, there at the Bond for March Festival on Faraday Lane, so, uh, just behind King and Godfrey. So what's what's this thing all about, this uh, Bond Fromage? Yeah, Bond Fromage is a festival put on by the European Commission um, to promote French cheese specifically here in the country. Mm. Uh, ever since the trade embargoes that Russia put on uh, oh, products. yeah, uh, right. Yes. Yeah. They do have a black market for cheese over there. Um, I, I believe you need an AK-47 just to purchase some Comte. Yes. Um, but the French did suffer a massive hit um, with their cheese sales. So they've been going around the world, yeah. uh, specifically to Hong Kong, Singapore, America and Australia, and just promoting the uh, promoting the curd. Yeah, yeah, right, because um, I do remember that in the fact that, uh, yeah, there was a trade embargo and there was... Um, pictures coming from Russia of people digging in cheeses into the ground and... Oh, yeah. It was heartbreaking. It was worse than when Will Studd had to bury all that rock fort back in 2002 here in Melbourne. Uh, Wow. These guys buried thousands of tons of cheese. It was uh, politically incorrect here, but it was a mass genocide of cheese. It was. It was indeed. So, oh, I get it. So there's been a real um, uh, a surplus of, of cheeses. And, yeah, and they yeah, need to so. find new markets. And and as I was saying before, it's a bit clumsy, but this is where the EU comes to the AU. <laughs> like Wheel of Fortune, can I buy a vowel? Yeah, yeah, can I buy a vowel, please? Um, so um, maybe just quickly, I want to get maybe a little preview as to how to make a good yeah. grilled uh, cheese sandwich, but what sort of things are we going to see um, We're going to be making two incredibly delicious uh, cheese sandwiches for us here mm. at Maker Munger. I always pick something where it evokes a memory. So oh, yes. we're going to be making an alpine influenced cheese here to just to bring out the memory for everybody of the, the Swiss Alps, uh, whether it was um, Maria doing a little pirouette in Sound of Music or if you were lucky enough to go skiing over there. Um, so we're going to make a sort of fondue inspired with a little bit of leek, uh, alpine gruyere, a bit of wine. Uh, touch of shallots too, so bring out the sweetness and the crunch of those onions mm. um, together with a rich, nutty sort of um, umami characters of these cheeses. And then we're going to be using traditional brie of France um, with its incredible sort of cauliflower garlic notes. And we're going to be putting that with some Swiss brown mushrooms, a little bit of fresh thyme, and just slow cooking that one so it brings out that sort of cauliflower cheese that everybody grew up on here in Australia. I'd uh, just like to say that uh, Matt is drooling on the... That sounds amazing. <laughs> ...on the desk at the moment. Matt. Uh, classic. Stop it. Uh, stop, do- stop doing that drooling thing. Um, 
And uh, wonder you were there yesterday at the the Bon Fromage thing. What yeah. can people see at this uh, at this thing back so of King and Godfrey? We'll, which, go. Yeah, it's a cool little laneway with a um, little nice little courtyard, um, and there's plenty of cheese for sampling. Um, plenty of delicious European cheeses there. Um, there'll be some delicious wine to drink with that. Uh, Shifty Chev from Brunswick. Uh, they're a cheese shop. Uh, they're there doing uh, samples and toasted um, toasted sort of open sandwiches. Um, they've got a really interesting one there with blue cheese, eggplant, and fig. That's actually quite nice. That sounds good. Uh, Richmond Hill from Bridge Road uh, there in Richmond, one of the oldest cheese shops here in the country. They're, they're there as well doing cheese plates. Um, and, of course, Maker and Munger, where they're doing the Swiss Reclet. Over kipla potatoes and shiitake, and our fondue grilled cheese. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then, of course, there's um, there's wine to be drunk as well. Yeah, and it's on till seven seven p.m. tonight too. So, wow. Yeah. An interesting building, you know. King and Godfrey was mm-hmm. one of the very very first delicatessens because I think it was the Richardson brothers' store, and that was operating since around about the eighteen eighties or something like that. Uh, yeah, eighteen. 18- 50, I think it says on the wall. Uh, they're historical, um, and now the Val Val Morbida family uh, own it. And I believe by the middle of next year, it'll be a beautiful uh, wine store, delicatessen, courtyard, and a and rooftop bar as well. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's quite a property, major property there in in Carlton. Mm. So anyway, it's the back of there. If you want to come along, come and say good day. Um, Anthony, I'll be we'll we'll be there around about five o'clock, which is good. But uh, just to preempt it a little bit, can you give us a couple hints about doing a toasty at home? Do you? Do we need it? First of all, do we need a sandwich maker? Yeah, yeah, good old Breville sandwich makers. Uh, oh, well, actually, you can do it on a frying pan too. So you can just just a minimal amount of oil on the frying pan, just mm. a couple of drops, just to uh, sort of uniform the melting. Um, sort of medium to medium high heat. Yep, and you just put a weight on your sandwich as you um, grill it, and then just flip it uh, after about three minutes and put the weight back on. So you just want both sides of the bread nice and brown. Mm. And the key, always use sourdough, white sourdough bread. I love the crisp nature of that when it um, toasts, and essential to butter both sides. Oh, sorry, the outside of the bread there, so you ensure a perfect grill. Um, and uniform melting of the cheese as well as the, the, the bread without the bread crisping up before the cheese cooks. And, um, and then the interior, you want to make sure that's about the same thickness as one slice of bread. So if your bread's toast cut um, and it's about one centimetre thick, you definitely want your cheese to be one centimetre to one and a half centimetre thick there. Got it. And what about the freshness of the bread? Does that sort of, uh, is that come into it? Yeah. Day-old bread is perfect. Um, fresher um, becomes damper. Um, yes. I hate the, hate the word moist. I'm not going to use it. No, no, um, a lot of people get turned damp. off by moist. Oh, yeah, yeah, you made me say it. Why are you making me say that word? Well, well let's just call a spade a spade. When you use fresh bread, it does become moist on the, on okay. the grill. Um, so day-old bread, um, it's drier and it crisps up, and so you get this incredible crunch. And that is what you're looking for. And you've got to... Okay, here's... Can I just give you my uh, things for this? One is you have to use real butter. Real butter. Yeah. 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 Cold butter would be better, but real butter would be perfect. Yeah, exactly. The other thing is 
We, a lot of us have um, frying pans um, in, well, most of us have a bloody frying pan, but a lot of us have a big pot. And the idea is that you get a little bit of greaseproof paper, you fill the pot up with some hot water, so that way, you know, water's got mass. Yeah. And, uh, and then you put the greaseproof paper, you put that on top, that mushes down the bread. That's a culinary term, yeah. Matt. Matt's <laughs> looking at me going, what? Yeah, culinary term, Matt. Um, and then um, you have, yeah, medium heat, so you don't burn it. And then flip a couple times, as far as I'm concerned, and a little bit yeah. of salt over the top. Oh, always salt at the end. We never salt our sandwiches when we make them. We always finish it with um, Murray River pink salt. Yes. Um, and just sort of crush that in your fingers that you sprinkle it on top. And what that does is that, that hits the palate first. So it develops the moisture in the mouth and gets all the flavonoids ready for the delicious sandwich that it's about to uh, into your mouth. You've thought about this, haven't you, Anthony? I love it. I love the science <laughs> behind a, a delicious grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we should probably... Matt's looking at me going, let him go, because he's just he's probably being so good just even talking to us. Anthony, thanks for taking the time out. I'll see you in the afternoon behind King and Godfrey at Bon Fromage. Definitely. Good luck, man. No worries. Always a pleasure speaking to you, Ken. Keep melting that stuff. Thank you. <laughs> see you, man. It's noisy at the market. That is stupid noisy. Who was that? There's one person, like, screaming in the background. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was the Paran market. Um, we're going to be going to the, the Vic market very, very shortly. But Matt looks like he wants to do an on-air read. You and, have a live uh, read as a right. part of... Um, Just a second, please. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Stedman will now give the live reading. All this week, Triple R's Drive programs will be live on location at the State Library of Victoria Forecourt as part of Melbourne Music Week and also, of course, as part of our 40th birthday. Whoa! Which we know all about. Big so um, tune in or head on down uh, between Monday, November 14, which is obviously tomorrow uh, all the way through to uh, Friday this week, daily between 4 and 7. Um, all the Drive programs are broadcasting live from outside there. And there's some live music too, Cammy. Yeah, who's like, playing? Well, a lot. Of, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, who's it's playing? Here on this piece of paper. Live performances across the week from the Meanies, the Dusty Millers, Remy, Lowy, Lower Plenty, I should say, the Harpoons, Damien Cowell's Disco Machine, <laughs> Get On Tennessee <laughs> DC, Napalm, Pillow Pro, SK Simeon, Dan Kelly and Jade Imagine, and plus a sack of guests dropping by to celebrate Triple R's 40th birthday and the launch of the exhibition, which opens this week. And he's open, I think, for a couple of months. It um, is, and it's, good. it's going to be a... It's one of those must-see things, I reckon. I think it's a once-in-a-40-year occasion. <laughs> 40 I, I years. reckon. My Lord. Yes. Um, it's it, What an incredible achievement to be part of this glorious population of people. I would agree. And actually, there's a whole lot more going on as part of the 40th birthday, so check it out on the website. If you just go to the Triple yes. website, you've got everything from the um, from the 4pm uh, uh, daily highlights through to the Mac Tedroom specials, all the other stuff that's happening. It's um, it's a good program of events. Poor old Chris Hatzis. He's here. there. He's still there. He's been locked in the studios for, I think, months preparing all this. He's still there. <laughs> you can't hear us. We, we, we look, I fed him some crostily before, and he was very, um, he was very very happy because he looked like he hadn't eaten for a while. Yes. You know, we, we might let him out <laughs> once um, once these festivities once get we, underway. Once we turn 41. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so come along so that we can free Chris Hatzis. Free Hatzis. From his, um, from his cave there. Uh, 12.23 here on 3 Triple RFM. We're going to play some music. You know the weird thing, John? 
I can always hear birds when I first turn this thing on, and there's birds up on that roof, isn't there? There's birds up on a roof. Uh, because they don't understand that they're not allowed to fly inside, <laughs> even though they put mesh up in between the um, different oh, intervals um, of the shed. Yeah. And we've got beautiful sparrows. People have been lamenting that they haven't seen sparrows for a long time. And that's true, but lately we've seen an influx of sparrows, which is beautiful. Yeah, OK. I remember when we uh, first got the drought, we got that influx of rainbow lorikeets that we oh. never saw in town. Yeah, isn't it lovely when you see them? They come in, they chirp and squawk and carry on. And... Oh, carry on? Like a two-bob watch. But anyway, we're here we are at the market. I've got John here. Um, it's... I don't know, the first thing you did was you, you, you castigated me and you went, Where's the sunshine? Yeah, well, it's true. Every it's time big... you turn up, the, the yeah. clouds break and the sun comes out, but it ain't going to happen, <laughs> folks. <laughs> it's in the air that it ain't going to happen. Tell me he's dreaming, I tell you what. Um, what what's, been, what's been going on? Not a great deal today. It's very, very slow. Yeah. It's like a, a, a leisurely Monday, not Sunday. You know how yeah. people can't get it together on a Monday? Easy to well, park today. Yeah, that's what it's like here today. Because normally the serious shoppers come in, do what they got to do, zip in, zip out, go home and cook up a storm or, mm. or go home and pack the veggies and then go out and have a beautiful day out. But very, very leisurely. I'd say uh, what people will do is they'll come out about 3 or 4 o'clock when I'm trying to go home. <laughs> the seagulls will come out. <laughs> hey, you know what? I was just thinking, and you showed me something before, and uh, uh, and, it's, and it's great. And this is what we talk about here at the market. We have done this for years. You've inspired me, John, in the fact that it's cold. And you showed me this trevizo, and the first thing that I thought of was this beautiful bowl of hot, steaming risotto with parmigiano on the top of it. And, and it would be a red risotto. Yeah. Let me, let me explain it to you, because a lot Please. of people don't know what a trevizo is. What's a trevizo? This is... Trevizo? A, a, radicchio, a radicchio rosso. From from Treviso. Yeah, yeah. Now, we're normally... Sorry. Um, we, we've, from Treviso. Where's Treviso? Treviso is the north of Italy. I think more on the top right side. So north of the Po? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we're in real risotto territory yeah. here, aren't we? And then we've got the variety that we have mostly all year round, uh, which is a Milanese from the Milan, Milan area. Can I, this one's from Treviso. Can I do a description? The Milanese yes. one is sort of more round shape. Yes. And the Treviso is more... Co- it's like a cos lettuce and a radicchio laid yeah, down yeah. together, you yeah. know? And, and the Treviso's got uh, bigger white ribs. Yes. A little bit coarser. So it's a little bit better to cook. Mm. The other one, we like to eat it raw. Yep. This one, as you said, makes a magnificent uh, risotto. Mm. Or you do what the French do. You brush it with oil. Uh, sit it on a plate and throw a very, very hot steak on top. Ooh. Or even you stick it under the gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I never do that, which is tragic, because we only eat it raw. Oh, so really? Maybe, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I don't you never cook it? No, it's, it's just something that we've never bothered to do, because we enjoyed it, enjoy it yeah. raw. This is something John's never got around to doing. Yeah, we'll get there. Okay. Especially you've inspired me, I'll go home and talk to the boss and say, look, I wouldn't mind the risotto and we'll see what happens. Vino Rosso? Yeah, yeah. Red wine, chicken stock, yes. veggie stock if you're not into that sort of thing, lots of parmesan cheese, but you need to, I reckon, you need to cook it first, um, um, sear, saute um, the um, the actual thing, so you wilt it, you wilt yes. it down. 
Yeah. Now, looking at this, oh, what's this here? is a reminder that spring has sprung. Yes. Because um, this is uh, the Milanese of the round variety, but it's elongated. Mm. And you can see it's actually growing long and out through the head of it. It's growing a seed stick. Yes. So that's its job in life. Yeah, As yeah. Uh, all veggies and things. It's my biological imperative. Stand by. So, yeah, this one's bolted, huh? Yeah. That's bolting because uh, it's its job in life to make mm. seed for the next generation. There's a little bit early in its bolting. It's quite no, small. not really. Okay. Um, you know, everyone's got its own time. This variety must be time now for it to bolt. So, mm. um, as you can see, the, the, the Treviso looks very, very pretty and tender. This one looks a little bit coarser. Can I ask a, a question, just a, a general question? We see things that, that do bolt, like cos will bolt, lettuces will bolt, and things will do that. Uh, cabbages will bolt. How does that affect the flavour? Should we are we able to eat stuff that is starting to, to oh, form a seed definitely, head? definitely. Even potatoes. Mm. Oh, we'll start with that. that. That's the biggest people have um, misconceptions about when potatoes shoot. When they think the potato is no good, but when that's they, wrong. When they start to sprout, you, yeah. you chuck them out. No, no, definitely not. The older a potato gets, the better it gets because all the moisture is coming out of the potato. Mm. So if it's shooting, as long as it's not green, if it's green, it's dangerous. That's alkaloids are, That's are right. there, and they will make your tummy very bad, and they will actually poison you if you eat too well, You'd have to eat a lot of them to I, do that. But, yes, people can have a reaction with one, so yeah, yeah. we try to avoid it. If they are green and you're desperate for potato, make sure you chop it all off. Yeah, okay, but if they're sprouting, you can just flick off the sprouts. And, and like I was saying, uh, when they're sprouting, they're better. They bake better. Mm. Uh, they don't burn. They make a better gnocchi. Uh, better soup. If you want a really gluggy soup, you want to use an old potato because it'll really thicken things up. Yeah. Whereas the younger ones will fall to bits and it'll be wishy washy. Yes, okay. So, yeah. And, so, but what about lettuces and cabbages and stuff? Yeah, and, and because they're getting a little bit older in life, they may be a little bit coarser, but still mm. they're very good to cook with. So, there's nothing wrong with that. No danger at all. Even to eat raw. If you've got a cabbage and you cut it in half, it's got a little bit of seed in it, like one before. Um, it was very coarse, but still good enough to eat raw. Would have made a lovely soup. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so, and so, radicchio, are they, they're around at the moment. This is their season. We're, we're lucky. We've always got good radicchio because yeah. I'm sure that there are many different varieties that they plant throughout the year. The Treviso is a little bit harder to get all the time. Yeah. Uh, probably a little bit more delicate to grow. But, uh, yeah, we're blessed and, and to have it. We, we love it in a salad, like I said. The colour and the texture makes a salad. Some people get freaked out by the bitterness. Yeah, but I've got a sign on top that says if you think it's too strong, cut it, chop it, sit it in a bowl of water five, ten minutes, and all that bitterness will come out. But that bitterness is there for a reason. It's very good for you. It's very good for the gut. That's why the oldies ate all the uh, bitters because um, it helped with digestion, it helped clean um, all the stuff that's sitting in the stomach mm. and so on. And, you know, and the vitamins and minerals and fibres that they bring are unbelievable. The alimentari. That's huh? right. See? And, and yeah, one yeah. of the things that I reckon, oh, my God. Here we go. I'm just going to throw this out there, see how you react. Chopped up radicchio. Shaved finocchio. Save fennel. Sorry, I'm going to stop trying to be an Italian. I'm not. Um, <laughs> shave because he's looking at me going, will you stop doing that? Okay, so radicchio, fennel, and the Valencia oranges. Um, that's sort of a salad. Yeah, and right. good olive oil. And good olive a oil. A little bit of salt. Maybe vinegar. Just a, yeah, why not? Apple cider? Apple cider. Not, not, wine not. vinegar. Okay. 
But th- um, that is just a simple, simple. beautiful thing. And um, hey, it might not be um, not, but the sun not you know might not be shining here. But I reckon you can get a little bit of sunshine That's on right. a plate. You and read it, my plate mind. Oh. It really, it's gorgeous. The colours are unbelievable. The flavour is unbelievable, mm. and a little bit of crusty bread as well. Oh yeah, you I know. Mean- and that's, that's lunch sometimes for us. I need to go down the road and get one of those noisette uh, ciabattas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah awesome. Definitely. All right, so we've covered, um, we've got radicchio. Um, you've brought out this cabbage. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about it? Or just um, this, this one has uh, been picked seven days, and it was part of um, um, the last of an older variety that he planted. Mm. And I've got some... Um, Ones that have been picked two days are the new crop of an, another variety, and it's really vibrant. When you cut the cabbage in half, it's dark green on the outside, white on the inside. Yes. Beautiful for a salad. Even a savoy to make a coleslaw is very, very nice. Mm. The only problem is you can't make it and let it sit for a day or two like you can with a plain cabbage. Yeah. Because uh, it's a softer cabbage. Um, the mayo or the vinegar that you put on it will burn it, so you've got to eat it sooner. Gotcha. Hey, you know what I've discovered that um, I reckon is really, really yummy? Uh, it's just the simplest, simplest, oh my God, cabbage salad. Chopped as finely as you can, right? A little bit of salt, a uh, little bit of oil. So again, back to that apple cider vinegar because it's not too screamingly sour. Caraway seeds. Yes, why not? The taste of rye bread. Yeah. Beautiful. And it it, I don't know, it seems there's something about caraway. I'm not sure if it's right, but it seems to be one of those things, again, per alimentare, that seems to be good for the digestion. Yeah, and the oils in it are very good as well. Okay. All right, so that's a tick too? Yes, definitely. Well, i got two ticks. I'm doing yeah. well today. All right. What else? Tomato City is the name of the place. You've brought out um, can, a whole bunch. Look at this beautiful, Literally. vibrant, orangey, yellow, cherry tomato. Just a little bit bigger. A smaller, like a quail egg. And they're on a truss, on a stem. Yeah. And they look beautiful. But when you bite one, they go crunch. Your mouth full of juice and seeds, mm. but the acid and sugar balance is unbelievable. You know, people have been falling in love with them. But I was saying to someone just a minute ago, it's unfortunate that I can't get them every week all year round because if I did, I'd be selling a truckload. Yeah, yeah. But we're blessed. We've got beautiful black Russians on a truss. They're small. Shit. He's just dropped his marbles. <laughs> it's a Sorry. Tr- tr- I'll get them. <laughs> uh, I, I just um, chuck them. Yeah, this so, looks a little bit like a Roma in a way. It's it like is. It is. Cherry it, it Roma. It could be related to a Roma. Yep. They're heirloom tomatoes. So, you know, who knows How where much? they came from. $10 a kilo. Yes. People haven't been bulking at the price because they know the tomatoes are special. Well, you Same. a little hand for. How much would this little hand, like well, three of these? Probably three, not even a dollar. Yeah, there you go. Um, right. You know, people have been buying a dozen or so each. Yeah. Um, chucked into a salad with a red radicchio. The colours are unbelievable Boom. and the flavours come out. we got the black Russians on a truss as well. Uh, we got the wrigley tomatoes, the rouge de marmande, soft skin sweet, but... Franca made a salad the other day. She put in the rouge, she put in the black Russian, she put in the yellow. Mm. Got a black one first, beautiful. Yellow one second, beautiful. Got the Adelaide one, no flavour because the acid in the other one mm. cut out the sugar. Said, hey, what so, are you doing? But so, if so, you eat these Adelaides on their own, they are magic. Frank has been keeping you happy with the cooking this week? Oh, I can't complain. Mate. Oh, that's can't good. Complain. That's good. She might be listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, maybe. You know, highlight? Might. A highlight? highlight. What's, what's been the highlight for what Frank has been cooking this week? Ah, geez, she made a beautiful um, 
soup last night. Mm. It had about 50 vegetables in it. Yeah. And then she put a little bit of uh, wriggly pasta in it. Yeah. So. What sort of pasta? A wriggly pasta. Yeah, and it's called the muffaldini. It's oh, it's really long and wriggly on one side. Yes. And she broke it up and put it in. And it had chickpeas in it as well. So it's like a really wide uh, fettuccine, no, even bigger, wider, wider than wider. that. And, and it's wriggly on one side. Yeah, that's that's rig- know, give, wriggly pasta. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. So. Gives you different texture, different yeah. flavour. So a little um, bit, of, bit of slurp and a little bit of yeah. slip in the, yeah. in the whole thing. And um, I, I cooked the steaks. I had some thin steaks for her, like in Italian. They, una fettina, very thin because they don't like um, pink meat. And my son and I had a nearly a New York steak. It was um, about three or four centimetres thick. So like the beefsteak Florentina. Yeah. Maybe not quite that big. And uh, I, I cooked it a little bit rarer for him because he'd been complaining. He reckons he's a connoisseur of meat now. <laughs> so he, he doesn't want it well done. So it was beautiful. So how can I complain? And Cultural change night. is happening. Yeah. yeah. And every night it's, she cooks up a storm. That, that's her passion. Of course she does. In- Hi, Franco, if you're listening. Yeah. All right. Um, now, there's also a collie there, which I was going to cut in half, which I haven't. Mm. But look at the beautiful tightness. Tight and, 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 um, and snow white. Snow white. Beautiful oh, baby beautiful. leaves. Now, that, that's another thing. A lot of people throw these beautiful baby leaves. They're a little bit paler than the outside leaves. Mm. Uh, a lot of them are white sometimes, but these are a little bit greener because they've got a little bit of sun. These little leaves are to die for. You can boil them with a cauliflower and you'll find that they're actually sweeter than a cauliflower really in the olden days the greeks and italians would rather have the leaves than a cauliflower <laughs> boil them plenty of vinegar and olive oil garlic parsley they're very good for you and you can uh tempura them they come up a tree <gasps> they really do oh that'd be nice yeah yeah that'd be so really really don't nice don't throw the little don't leaves away mm. and plus they're so beautiful they're, they're how do you describe it? Like a little tendril, I suppose. And yeah. The way that they just sort of surround. That's right. They're there embracing the, the, the vegetable. Well, the, the modern varieties of cauliflowers do do that. They mm. tend to cover themselves up, mm. whereas in the olden days the poor farmer used to run around closing the collies up, sometimes putting a rubber band or a bit of string around it so mm. the cauliflower would stay white because if it gets the sun or the wind, yeah. it either goes pinky purple or yellow. Yes, and, and everyone says it. again, well, you know, it's yellow, it's no good, but nothing wrong with it. Yeah. A little bit of lemon juice and water will make your cauliflower come up white. Done. All right, mate. Well, we might have to move on and say John's peak of the market. What do you got? Well, since we've been talking about that cauliflower, I've been enjoying it. Um, just boiled with the broccoli and a little bit of olive oil on top. Broad beans still, $5 a kilo. Big broad beans, about eight or nine broad beans in every pod. Some people are starting to double peel them because they're getting a little bit towards the end of the season. Yeah. But still very sweet. You don't, though, do you? No, I no, don't. Because I love them when they're old. I don't yeah, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cannibal. I'll eat anything. Yeah. Um, the new season cabbages, they're beautiful. Again, like I was saying before, make a coleslaw or even a cabbage soup on a cold day like today. Yeah. Uh, or even just fried, you know, just sauteed cabbage in a pan very quick. A little bit of tomato at the end. How about very, very quickly doing cauliflower, the one that... Um, who taught me this? Uh, someone. Um, into the oven. Olive oil. Capers. Uh, maybe some pine nuts at the end. Maybe some garlic. And you just bake it pretty hard. And yeah. It, Put oh, a little bit of crummy breadcrumbs on top. Breadcrumbs. Oh, yeah. That's good. Uh, I did that with the fenocchio too, the fennel. Yeah. Fennel's still good. It's not as big as it's been. 
uh, because we're coming to the end of this Friday. Then we'll have baby fennel. Uh, the pumpkin's beautiful. Again, we had that roast that I forgot about that. Had roast potatoes and roast pumpkin last night. Crisp up, nice and brown on the outside. Nice and soft on the inside, the potatoes. Oh, yep. Again, as I, we always say, walk through the market. Forget about the uh, menus that you've drawn up. Throw them away. This looks good, we'll buy some. Yeah. This fruit looks good, we'll have we'll some. get that. At the end of the day, you've got everything you need for the week. Mm. There you go. Might be time to get a mango. I think so. Yeah. I took some home and things. so many things happened this week. I didn't even get to eat it, so I'm sure tonight, tomorrow, we'll jump into them. Beautiful. Yeah. John, as always... We thank you for your time. We're going to leave you with the uh, the sparrows and the and the bird life around you. Who would have thought, huh? Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Even it though it's a bit cold, come on in. Um, I'm sure you're going to find something that's going to warm up the family, warm up yourself, and that's one of the things that's so beautiful about this place. Definitely, we've got it all. All right, we'll see you later. All the best. Hey. <laughs> he did it. Sprung you again. You got me again, Always. Stedman. Damn you, Always. Stedman, as I shake my fist at you. 12.45 <laughs> here on 3 Triple R. We're on Sunday on a day that's a little bit dark, a little bit wintry. Uh, but, yeah, it's all right. We'll, we'll deal with it. Because someone that's here that uh, is gladdening our hearts and uh, spreading a little bit of sunshine around, uh, Rennie from Uncle. The man from Uncle is here. And I'm just thinking, you know, I've just always known you as Rennie, and I've... I have no idea of your last name. Rennie Spence. Spence? Yeah, Spence is my surname. And, and yeah. the man from Uncle, actually, Robert Vaughn just died, I think. He's oh, passed did away. Too. So actually, the real and proper man from Uncle is, uh, <laughs> is, uh, sadly passed. Oh, I'm glad you do, because Matt just sort of looked at me with this, oh yeah, man from Uncle, I've got no reference Culture point. Reference, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, move on. <laughs> no touchstone for that. Yeah. 60s, 70s, 60s. 60s. Yeah. yeah 60s. Yeah. And just to let you know, I've, uh, worn a tartan. Oh, I know. Day, I've seen is... it. I spied it in the, uh, the green room there as, right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a McDougal. I don't know what the what it is, but um, looks a bit like a McDonald's movie. I don't know a McDonald's. Yeah. Well, maybe slightly yeah, no, same got, colors. It's got the reds, but anyway, yeah. this is radio, so it doesn't translate that well. But one thing that does translate well is the fact that, um, first of all, the enormous success that you as a Scot has had in embracing the cuisines of uh, Southeast Asia, and I guess maybe just to get us started is how on earth did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I've been in this country now for 12 years, so 2004, me and my missus came over, and uh, mm. when we came over, I started working at a restaurant uh, uh, called Pelican down in St Kilda, and the uh, a chef that came on board, his name's Dai Young, uh, became sous chef mm. and then head chef. And he's Vietnamese, and we'd always thought that we'd do something to, together, and we weren't quite sure what that was. And uh, and when the concept was kind of all coming together, he was really super keen on cooking his own food. And I couldn't gotcha. quite reconcile that in my brain, a Scottish guy out there, you know, being the face of a Vietnamese restaurant. And I don't know, the penny dropped uh. at some point, and it just kind of felt like this is Melbourne. It, of course it totally works, you know, as long as, I mean, we, we spoke... Uh, about the restaurant being more how it felt rather than how it tasted or yes. or sounded like or whatever and and actually it was the feeling of the thing so the food is by no means incidental his food is awesome yes. and uh, and but but I think the way people feel when they come into the restaurant is is really really important and and that's kind of hospitality right you know yeah absolutely yeah. and it does make sense and uh, that is one of the things about Melbourne isn't it that we are able to 
celebrate the diversity that is all around us and understand that diversity, yeah? I think, yeah, I think that actually people maybe or hopefully do appreciate but maybe don't how special Melbourne is and with all of the cuisines and all of what's going on and and we were just chatting as well about, uh, before we came on air, about uh, the fact that there's a lot of oversupply of restaurants but actually what that does is reinforces people di- people dining out because they go out and mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic, it's, it's delicious, it doesn't cost that much, the competition is so fierce that it means that everybody has to kind of do great things all of the time and uh, yeah. So you reckon that keeps the prices? You reckon the competition keeps prices down? In For this? sure, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, I think we trade. We're not the cheapest place around, but we uh, trade very fairly, and we draw. We buy the best ingredients that we can, and yes. uh, but we can't charge huge amounts for them because then people will decide to go elsewhere. And what we trade on is certainly uh, repeat business, and and also we can't sit only one time. We've got to turn over a little bit, and uh, in doing so, you know, we need to attract a lot of people, and to do that. That, along with being great at what you do, hopefully, uh, 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 we're, you know, we try to be that. But you've also got to be really good value. So, yeah, mm. it certainly does keep the prices at a reasonable level. And I want to talk a little bit about your move to the north over the Yarra, but I'm kind of curious in the fact of uh, you said you've been here for about 12 years. Yeah. A, a dozen years here in good old Aussie. Nearly a third of my life. Nearly is a third it, of yeah, your life. Crazy. Yeah, that percentage of my Australian. Which, which is a good thing. So, whereabouts were you from in in Scotland? I'm from Glasgow. You are a Glaswegian. Aweegi, yeah. Aweegi, and yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering, can we just very quickly contrast um, the food culture that you came to, and contrast that what it was like here, and 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 how you reacted to that? I guess. I think that uh, Australia is much more Asian centric than. Uh, Scotland is certainly you kind of get a, a you know Chinese and Indian and pretty reasonably bad versions of these things in yes. Scotland and we're very Eurocentric over there and I very much was in my leanings towards food and, and, and beverage and uh, I think that even over the last 12 years it's really become uh, Mel- Melbourne's really grown up a little, a little bit as well I think it's got a bit more of an identity in itself is a bit more confident in what it's doing yes. and so therefore I've kind of been, uh, you know, w- witness to that firsthand as well. So, uh, but but it is very different. I mean, see, it's much more Asian centric over here, I think, and, and really embrace that. Um, yeah. Well, there is uh, there is the fact that um, Scotland is the home of the deep fried Mars bar, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people keep reminding me. Like and deep fried pizza, you know. Yeah, what? Yeah, for uh, my Friday night half pizza supper, you know, oh, it would be. Uh, it. Yeah, not that kidding. Is- Oh my God! There's there's Italians who are just looking oh, at the radio, yeah, yeah, yeah. waving their fingers. What are you talking about? Yeah. Deep fr- <laughs> so you stick the pizza in a batter? In yeah, a bit of batter, yeah. Oh, for God's sake! Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, not, not not the best for you, but uh, okay. I couldn't touch it mm. now. You know, I'm a bit healthier than I maybe once was. So yeah, yeah. And but uh, I remember. Um, okay, in the context of um, of Rita McCarley and Ladro, who did. It still does great pizzas at Supernormal, and if you haven't been there, please do. But started off doing pizzas at Ladra, and I remember Jill Duplay, who's uh, well, she was the food editor for the Times. I don't know if she still is. Mm. So, someone with a very valid global view of of cuisine. She put it like this, Rennie. She said, "The great thing about Melbourne is that there is this relaxed." self-assuredness with the way that we cook and what we cook and that we are able to embrace all the cultures that are around us and express that food so well yeah i think that's that's a lovely thought you know yeah absolutely Mm. 
Good on you, Jules. She bloody nailed it. All right, so anyway, tell us about um, you've... How long has Uncle been going for in Carlisle Street? So just over three years. Three October years? Is that 5th. all? Yeah. Seems like he's been on the landscape longer for some reason. I think he gave us a lovely mention uh, on our first birthday, and at that point it said, one year! What? Are you yeah. kidding me? Feels like, so that's... I mean, I really appreciate that. I feel like uh, it's been around for a long time as well. It's both the shortest and the longest three years mm. of uh, of my life, you know, and yeah. But you're about to move. So well, we not are. Move, not, you're move, about, not move. You're about to uh, to increase your holdings, I suppose. We, we, we are. We're getting pretty close. The builders are, are doing a great job and uh, and getting there. So we get the keys off of them a week on Friday, the 25th of November. And mm-hmm. there is uh, continued gas issues where you maybe get gas depending on oh, what, what day it might this. be okay. and if they feel uh, fantastic. And just a second. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen. Just prepare for a, a little rant. And you are allowed to do this. Yeah. Gas can be really shitty to get organised. We can swear on here. I was wondering about that. Well, thought, a little bit. A, a context, Scot- Scottish know. hospitality worker. Uh, my wife tells me I swear too much. I was yeah. wondering if you had a dump button over there, mate. Yeah, we you do. Know to, yeah. Yeah, we've got that. If you start dropping C-bombs, like, we I've, might, yeah, no, I've no. never pressed it in 20 years, but I think I've got one somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah ready to go. Yeah. So um, there is... There is um, like a, like a hose. When you when you pinch down a hose, there is all this water backed up, and it's hard for the the water to get out. The same thing in getting gas supplies because of this unbelievable weak link in the chain. Would that be a good way to put it? It's kind of just a crazy way to go about things. So I, I don't think they trust us to get a gas meter in and not connect to it unless we're told it's safe. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know why they don't trust us to do that. But anyway, it happened the first time around as well. You've got to actually build your restaurant, get your cook line put in, Energy Safe Victoria come along, and they then mark that. And I think there's one guy that works for ESV, and he works maybe every second Friday between the hours <laughs> of 7 and 9 a.m. So this, to get him as well, it's pretty hard. This is and the pinch point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That, that one guy. Yeah, and, and but then after that, you got to then apply to get your gas meter as well, and that can take any time from, you know, a day to a fortnight. So we are we currently have uh, chefs, uh, wait staff managers all lined up and ready to go. Yes. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of trying to work out. It's not a great time to open. And in December, we would have ideally done a little bit earlier. But uh, anyway, of course, the closer we get towards Christmas, the, the harder it becomes and more. Yeah. So we are, yeah, juggling that quite hard, and we're pushing quite hard. As we're trying to find where is Barry Johnston from the the energy guy. No, it's not really his name. I just picked that out of of the thing. (laughs) Barry. I don't know. I just want to see he should be a Barry. Barry! Yeah. Get over here, mates. Well, so when are you planning on opening? So it depends on this gas thing. Oh, I, would, gas I would think. I would think that exactly, Barry. I would think uh, the start of December. I would think. Oh wow! Is my best guess. And where is it? It's in town? at the top end of Collins Street, Ooh. up at the, the uh, yeah the Spring Street end. So we ended up. We looked for. You're near Mama Cedar, aren't you? We're literally through the through the wall. Yeah. So through we are. Uh, level one at fifteen, and then level one at I don't know thirteen or eleven yeah. or something like that. So, anyway, so way, up literally, the, way up the top. Yeah, right up there, near oh. Spring Street. Uh, is, we're in between Mamacita and the Sofitel, right there. Maybe you could do some catering for the boys of the Melbourne Club. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good one, Cam. Uh, 
Champ. Um, so is the menu going to be different from what you're doing down south? There will be a few things that cross. The, the pigs ear bun me uh, must cross, which Matt is very familiar with and, and yes. has f- f- fairly often, and, and yeah. Cam as well, of course. Oh, and, uh, one of those. So Couple. that's definitely going to cross, and there'll be a few more bits and pieces that cross as well. But Dai's working pretty hard in the background uh, to come up with some quite astonishing dishes. I think that we're, our, our kitchen is slightly larger, although the restaurant's slightly smaller, and mm. uh, we'll have an extra body or two in the kitchen. So he's looking... I mean, we trade right in, and Melbourne does the middle ground so, so, so well. We're not fine dining. We never will be. It's not what we're trying to achieve. But certainly, I think he's hoping to step it up just a, even a, even a uh, quarter notch, yes. you know. And uh, I, I don't want to push expectations too too high there about what it's going to do because we still do want to be kind of quite uh, a bit busy and, and, and crazy and whatnot rather than kind of s- slow it all down. So, But he's he's working pretty hard. He's uh, I've brought in that barrel-aged fish sauce mm. for you guys to try try, uh, which he's then going to incorporate into a, a dish as well. So he's kind of mucking around with that a little bit. Hold the phone. Mm. Um, did you say barrel-aged fish sauce? Barrel-aged fish sauce. True story, yep. So it's not. It's probably not quite ready, and yes. he's planning on, on uh, doing it uh, over the while, like a Solero system, if you know oh, wow. Solero, yeah, like okay. a sherry, yeah? Yes, yes. So rather than whiskey that you would age in a barrel and it would kind of chill out and mellow and and become more complex over time uh, it's doing that but then you kind of leave it for its 10 or 15 21 years whatever you want to do the Solero system you're continually drawing some off the bottom and replacing it with the bit up above and then replacing that with the bit above the bit above and then you put new fish sauce on top so therefore the bottom parts will always have a component of the oldest part of that uh, sherry usually and that's what Dai is going to do with the fish sauce so this is currently I think four months old yes um, and yeah, it's it's looking lovely, and I did bring some control as well, so you can kind of have a look at that yeah. uh, side by side. But it is uh, it's, it's looking great, and will only get better. I think one of the things that I love about fish sauce is that we can see a link to the Roman Empire when yeah. you, when when you look at, at fish sauce because the Romans had fish sauce; they called it garum, yeah, and um, and they loved it. Um, but the idea of um, Fish sauce needs to be matured anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, like in sure. the making of it's fish sauce, process, it, yeah. it is part of. What sort of things does the wood impart? Do does it? It's it's more kind of it gives it a bit of a depth and complexity. It kind of chills it out a little bit. I mean, if you think of you know whiskey can't be called whiskey until it's been seven years in barrel. Well, whiskey um, starts off as a clear spirit. That's yes. what not many people know, and it's yeah. actually the barrel that imparts the flavour and the colours. Correct, and, and caramel sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah and, and time. But yeah, so it's uh, so, so, so with this fish sauce as well, I think it's it's already looking like it's got a depth of flavour that's not there in the non-barrel-aged fish sauce, and yeah. Gotcha. Are you going to be selling this fish sauce um, at... Will we be able to get bottles of this at, at, uh, at Uncle? You're, no, you're very special that I brought in a bottle for you <laughs> yeah. guys. It's, uh, cool. it's something that we will use rather than sell. Oh, okay. Uh, thus far, you know, unless... Uh, I, don't, I don't know who knows who what knows, in the future, but that's, it's not the plan to sell it. Well, I guess what we wanted to say was um, a huge congratulations to you for, first of all, having this great partnership that's grown from... Pelican, I'd yeah. sort of forgotten about that. Mm. Um, and, and moving across the highway and now coming across the river. And I think Matt and I have got to say that oh, you rock, man, and you mm. do beautiful oh, stop food. It. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. Platitudes to finish off the show. It is one o'clock. We should probably let you get back because you've got to head home and have a 
bit of time off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we say uh, of Wiedersehen, and the good news is that across in Studio One, Matt... Sunday lunch are warming up, and of course, it is plonk throughout oh November. God. Look at that. Duncan and is pumped. Duncan is pumped. He carefully he's had, doesn't... He's had his coffees. He's had too much coffee. Um, and I think I saw Adam Foster in there too, so Fozzie's in there. Yes. Adam over there. Hello, Adam. Yes. <laughs> oh, hello. Everyone's waving, waving between there. studios. There we go. Everybody knows each other here. He must have bought his salamis. But anyway, let's say it's time for Duncan and the Plonk team, and what a good thing it is. There's a beautiful afternoon of entertainment here for you at Triple R. Why would you go anywhere else? 146. Ooh, bit of go, huh? <laughs> See you, Maddie. Thank you. See you next week. This has been a podcast from Free Triple R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.